Money FM 89.3, best of the breakfast huddle. Mind your business with the breakfast huddle only on Money FM 89.3. Money FM 89.3. Good morning. It's The Breakfast Huddle. Elliot Danka, Bharti Jagdish and Ryan Huang. Time now for Mind Your Business. And smart manufacturing is what we're talking about today. Now, generally, manufacturing is resource intensive. They generate, such activities generate a large carbon footprint. But if we talk about making the process smart, it could indeed be much less damaging. It is high on Singapore's agenda, targeted to grow by 50% by 20. 30. And at the same time, our country's ambitious green plan looks set to get Singapore to long-term net zero emissions as soon as possible. So there's a company that is aspiring to be the most sustainable technology company by the year 2030. I'm talking about HP, and they are reinventing the way they are doing things. But where does that leave companies like HP? I mean, how, how do they find a balance between those two? Obviously, it will require changing business models, R&D and manufacturing to move towards a future of sustainability, while at the same time driving greater efficiency and productivity. Sounds like a tall order, but is it and how are they doing it? We're joined now by Ng Tian Chong. He is Managing Director of Greater Asia at HP. Good morning, Tian Chong. Good morning to all of you. So glad to be able to join you. All right, TC, let's uh, talk a little bit about HP. I mean, we know them as an American multinational IT company or information technology company. It's headquartered in uh, Palo Alto, California. Develops PCs, personal computers, printers, related supplies. What else can you tell us about HP? I mean, it's got quite an evolution uh, journey in that sense, hasn't it? Yes, we are one of the biggest PC and printer companies in the world. We have uh, evolved a lot, and uh, for us, we've been in Singapore, you know, for 52 years. We've, you know, celebrated our 50th anniversary just quite recently. And um, what you just discussed, this whole evolution that's going on in smart manufacturing, etc., that's a lot going on. And for us, you know, we clearly see that digital transformation is happening everywhere. It's the foundation of advanced manufacturing. And there are lots of current dynamics happening that basically requires us to transform our manufacturing capabilities, right? And in a nutshell, what we see is that manufacturing needs to evolve. Uh, We, HP and Singapore, needs to transform to stay ahead of the change. We also see digital transformation and fourth industrial revolution type technologies are really key to this whole advanced manufacturing topic. And then, of course, there are a lot of topics around workforce and culture transformation and building skills for the future. All these are essential things which we have been very busy with. And, of course, marrying all of this with sustainability and green practices. I know that in your own business, uh, you have some targets, for instance, maintaining zero deforestation for HP paper and paper-based packaging, because I can already hear some of our listeners going, don't you guys have a lot of uh, paper manufacturing going on in your operations? But you're making efforts there, but also in the realm of smart manufacturing. Tell us more about that, that evolution how smart manufacturing is also furthering green targets? Yes, uh, first of all, for us uh, at HP, when we talk about this green topic or ESG topic, it, it revolves around uh, three, three pillars, right? It is about the planet, which is about the small, smaller carbon footprint, and I'll come back to that in, in a short while, that's what we just asked. 
it's also about people and community. And for us, we really talk about these other pillars where we drive for diversity and inclusive workforce, as well as uh, about local communities, you know, doing good, clothing, the digital divide and so forth. But in the area of smart manufacturing, certainly, you know, we have been doing a lot to invest in um, transforming our manufacturing. And in, in the area of smart manufacturing, it's about being able to reduce wastage. Uh, and uh, uh, maybe I'll just explain it this way. There are four areas, right, of fourth industrial revolution technology that we have focused on in our smart manufacturing. It is around robotics automation, uh, deploying more industrial IoT sensors and devices, and then, of course, more 3D printing and also using more big data and data analytics. All of this means that we're able to use machine learning, for example, and algorithms that help us get it right the first time, uh, make less mistakes and less wastage. And that's the same with 3D printing, right, where we're able to, you know, print our machine parts, have whole less inventory, uh, have less need for logistics to, to resupply that. We also print our own uh, environmental-friendly material, pallets, and so forth, and there's overall less wastage, right? And we're really proud because as a result of all this, in March 2021, we became recognized as part of the World Economics Forum's Global Lighthouse Network. And essentially, there are uh, 69 uh, of these network factories worldwide and only three in Singapore. And our factory in Singapore is one of them. And because, you know, they, what, what they do is uh, they recognize leaders in applying these technologies to achieve profitable growth, but without increasing the environmental footprint. And so what we're doing here in Singapore speaks to that a lot. That's incredible, and congratulations on that, TC. Though everyone tends to highlight the fact that you're able to, you know, with smart technology, uh, it equals less wastage. We'll, we'll just put it in, the, in those primitive terms. But what was it like finding the balance? What was, what was that route like? How challenging was it? Over the years, as we pivoted to this, right, I mean, we've done a couple of things. We, in December 2017, we set up a smart manufacturing application research centre where it's a learning journey for us, right? But our mm. engineers in Singapore at the centre, they basically design, experiment, and implement solutions, right, on our line. So, so, so we did that, right, to, to come up with a, a better deployment of robotic solution, IoT, and so forth. So we had a little playground, if you may, to experiment, mm. try, and improve. And then secondly, over this journey, it was also about uh, having a skill set and mindset change in our workforce. You know, we had to also reskill our staff, and we're really proud that, uh, you know, set, for example, 79 members of our in supplies organization staff in Singapore, they completed a professional conversion team on data analytics at the NUS Institute of System Science. And as of March of this year, 35% of our staff in that factory took on new roles. Technicians became engineers, engineers became data scientists, and so forth. So it's also about pivoting our workforce, you know, to new skills for the future. So all this uh, takes time and investment and effort. Yeah, exactly. And I was just thinking, you know, the technology might be out there, but operationalizing it is quite a different matter, right? So how scalable really are such efforts? You know, what's your advice to people who are looking to implement this sort of technology within their own spheres? I think, first of all, you know, as I started the conversation, I'll say that uh, from a smart manufacturing or manufacturing perspective, 
the fact of the matter is there are big global trends that are happening. Declining population, less labour, increasingly connected world, you know, where you need data for deeper insights. And customers are demanding for high mix or low volume, more mass customization. You know, they're consuming products and technology in a different way. All these trends means that manufacturing needs to evolve. And manufacturers, including Singapore as a country, need to transform to stay ahead of these changes. And inevitably, in that evolution of manufacturing, digital transformation and employment of fourth industrial revolution technologies are essential in that journey. So my, my advice is for companies to really keep a close tap on these things, you know, because uh, these, these mega trends that are happening in the background uh, are just uh, inevitable and it's pushing all of us to further improve. And while we do this, it's also about looking after the workforce and the company culture, right? Uh, like I said, you know, we need to pivot our, our workforce with new skills uh, and new knowledge as well in order to, to, for the entire journey to be successful. Actually, uh, TC, since we're on the topic of, of pivoting the workforce, what is HP's approach when it comes to that? I mean, there's always companies who talk about being on the lookout for people with uh, required digital skills. I know you mentioned earlier that you had to upskill the workforce. Uh, what kind of support do you guys offer and how has that process or that journey been for staff at HP? Well, in, in, in there's, uh, you know, we, we have a, a, a big organization yeah. and today we're talking about the manufacturing side. So in the manufacturing side, as we automate, we, we, first of all, we take advantage of um, the Singapore uh, programs that are in place here, yeah. like okay. Skills Future, okay. you know, et cetera, yeah. right? And, yeah. and, and there are these uh, initiatives, right, that we take yeah. advantage of. And we encourage, right, our staff to, first of all, upskill themselves and we, we, Throughout the company, we offer digital transformation training, etc. You know, to make mm. sure that uh, everybody who wants to take it doesn't matter whether you're in a in a role that in fact will be uh, evolving, but you can sign up. Okay. But especially for the staff, we encourage them to take advantage of these programs. And the other thing, as uh, uh, is that we've also in 2018 set up a HP NTU Digital Manufacturing Corporate Lab right at, at oh. the NTU campus. And there, it's interesting because we're doing research in smart manufacturing, smart factories. But in that lab, we also offer education opportunities to prepare our employees as well as external workforce members and students uh, on manufacturing industry of the future on smart factories. So we've also done it in that forum. Now, TC, when we talk about sustainability, whether it's in terms of climate action or whether it's in terms of human rights, the entire value chain matters, doesn't it? It's not just, oh, at the point of manufacturing, we take all these steps. How do you calibrate that dynamic in regard to the entire value chain? What sorts of steps do you take? Well, as a company, first of all, there are some global decisions that we take, you know, because we, we have a skill. HP ships like three devices every second, right? So we, with that scale, we realize that whatever we do, right, in planet, people, or community, we will have an impact and we want to make it positive. So what we've done in order to calibrate this is there are decisions taken globally around materials, product choices, supply chain, that we work with our global team to localize and make sure that we get it right in our part of the world. But more importantly, we also involve our eco stakeholders in our ecosystem. Like, like I, I know we don't have a lot of time here, but yeah, 85%, about 85% of HP's 
you know, global revenue. And we have a revenue close to $60 billion globally, moves through channel partners. We've also roped in our, our business partner. Business partners means distributors, retailers like the Harvey Norman, Challengers of Singapore, corporate resellers, etc. that sell our products. We've also roped them in in this journey of the ESG journey. And we, we get them, you know, to join us on a pledge. We provide them with training. And we also help them to build sustainability plans in, in how they sell products, uh, etc. So you're right. It's, an, it's a holistic approach, right? We work on the supply chain part. We work on a holistic way of getting working in our stakeholders. And we also work on our go-to-market models, you know, to have uh, essentially more efficient ways to distribute products with a smaller carbon footprint. Uh, TC, don't worry, I'll make time for you. And and I don't mean to ask, you know, this might be slightly off track to, to our conversation, but you mentioned earlier about this collaboration you have with NTU. And with regard to everything that you've just mentioned, it, it's a bit of a linkage. Is HP trying to perhaps change the way educated as we move into a future where, you know, manu- smart manufacturing is so important, sustainability is so important. Is this HP doing its part for the education sector in that sense? In a way, yes. I think for us, we're doing a few things with the lab. This lab is a tri-party investment, right? It's mm. from the National Research Foundation, NTU, and HP. And our goal there is to work on uh, essentially material science project for 3D printing, as well as working on aspects of a smart factory, you know, relating to supply chain, security. So what we want to do is essentially uh, come up with more effective modeling and more effective ways to run a smart factory. Many companies who are embarking on this journey, they, they know that you know, when you move into 3D printing, you mm. have to have certain critical mass before it makes economic sense. Yes. So, so in, in this lab, we also help to stimulate for potential customers, you know, teach them you know, how, how do you stimulate to figure out from prototyping to mass manufacturing, when does it make economic sense to deploy this you know, in a smart factory environment, etc. So, so we do a number of things there, including the training of, of this. Yeah. Now, TC, I'd just like to talk about the impact of COVID-19. Certainly, it has accelerated some of these trends that we're seeing in the realm of smart manufacturing as well. What sorts of further changes do you expect in the coming months and years as a result of the changes that we've seen in the Singapore economy and accompanying policies because of the pandemic? Yeah, so much has happened to all of us, right? Uh, I, I see a couple of things. I think, first of all, uh, hybrid working is here to stay. There's no doubt. <laughs> I think uh, em- employers, you know, all of us have only scratched the surface on how to support our employees. And I think everyone is thinking hard, longer term, you know, how, how do we pivot and, and support this in a, in, in a uh, sustainable way, longer term. And it's about, you know, working on the company culture and all and also equipping our workforce, etc. So hybrid working is here to stay. That's the first one. The second one I see that's front and center is about that's brought it purpose-led business, purpose-led company, you know, uh, is brought into sharper focus. I, I think that customers want to buy from purpose-led brands. Employees want to work for purpose-led companies. And I think it's important. And in this purpose-led, obviously, it relates to the topics we discussed, you know, sustainability, uh, 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 diversity and inclusion, etc. But it's also about sustainability in human capital, right? Where employers must address these skills gap brought about by these evolution, advanced manufacturing type topics that we spoke about. And uh, and of course, the other two points I mentioned is about the fact that advanced manufacturing is evolving. And for Singapore in particular, since today's topic is really about how 
uh, Singapore and HP is evolved. I think that for Singapore uh, can stay competitive by really, you know, helping the ecosystem, right, pick up this whole fourth industrial revolution topic, smart factories, advanced manufacturing, because labor is expensive in Singapore and, and Singapore is really good in IP protection. So for higher value added IP type of products and manufacturing, I think Singapore would do well, you know, in, in this area, right? And we can stay competitive on this front. And then finally, it's about accelerating work and education because new roles are being created uh, due to the changing landscape. We, we need to keep looking at how we can support and look at investing in these new roles, like sustainable technologies, solar panels, windmills, supporting integration, in creating the carbon zero future for businesses and all. So I think these are some of the big things that I see They'll be here to stay, not just for months, but probably for the next decade. Mm. Actually, I was going to ask you about talent, and you, you spoke about that labour. We are seeing a labour shortage in, when it comes to key sectors in Singapore, especially technology sectors. So what exactly are you doing to ensure that the staff you currently have can rise to the challenges and that there is a pipeline in terms of also identifying talent in future generations and developing that talent in order to power this era of smart manufacturing? Yes, that's a big... Talent is a huge topic in itself. I mean, I, I think it, it, you are, it's fair to say that as we move from pandemic to living with COVID endemic space, you know, talent is scarce and, uh, and certainly talent are, are, is very precious to every company, especially in, in a labour scarce country like Singapore. So I think topics around talent retention... Uh, looking after our talent, upgrading them, you know, keeping in touch with them, uh, looking after their career are all big topics with HP and our HR team and as well as our management team. You know, how do we look after the, uh, and ensure uh, employee loyalty, uh, helping to evolve their career, etc. So I think in a nutshell, we're working hard on those topics, right? And, and I think it's important to keep an eye on it because, uh, you know, the fatigue pattern uh, through the pandemic and, uh, of course, you know, one, one thing is uh, with, with COVID, it also means that there are, in some areas, more opportunities are open up. You don't necessarily have to move to another country to do a job for now. So there are, you know, jobs that our talent can do without leaving Singapore or vice versa. So from that perspective, that also opens up another dimension that we have to be wary of, you know, and how, how do we then look after that dynamic and make sure that, you know, we move it along the right way from an HP perspective for our company. Mm, and, well, there's definitely that uh, NTU Digital Manufacturing Corporate Lab, so that the playground for the next-gen workforce. We've been speaking with uh, Ng Tian Chong, who is Managing Director of Greater Asia for HP. Uh, TC, really appreciate your time this morning. You take care and stay safe, yeah? All right, thanks, everyone. Stay safe, take care. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download our audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O. Available on Google Play or the App Store.